I'm going to speak on uh, another three important aspects of uh, Buddhism. Uh, that is dana sila bhavana yesterday i spoke on buddha dhamma sangha today i like to speak on these two topic these three topics this morning i will spend on the first one dana i'm i drew this uh, circle with the eight spokes in it to uh, show you where these things fit in the Noble Eightfold Path. We have here right understanding, here right thought, right speech, right action, right livelihood, right effort, right concentration, and right uh, right mindfulness, I'm sorry, right mindfulness, right concentration. I didn't have right concentration when I made these two. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, is there anybody who is not familiar with this, uh, with these things? Noble Eightfold Path and so forth. Who is not familiar? Yeah. You are not familiar with that? <laughs> you are not familiar with that? Oh. Good. <laughs> so that uh, I can have some uh, understanding of where I should be in my uh, talking. Right, this, uh, you know the Four Noble Truths, the basic uh, teachings of the Buddha, it's called Four Noble Truths. Uh, Buddha spent uh, 45 years teaching and preaching. He taught only four things. Uh, number one is, uh, I say, unsatisfactoriness of life. U.S. Not U.S.A. Us. Us. Yes, us. Second is cause of unsatisfactoriness. Third is end of it. Fourth is the way. to end it. Only these four words he taught for 45 years. And he spent uh, many, many times, uh, spent many 
gave many Dhamma talks explaining these four. First is uh, every living being is unsatisfactory. <laughs> no matter where they live, when they live, whether they lived uh, five billion years ago or now or five billion years later, whether they live in the United States, Africa, Alaska or Asia, doesn't matter where they live. They all have one common denominator, that is, they all are unsatisfactory. Imperfect, something wrong, and therefore they always are struggling, 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 trying to find out something to make them happy. And they do all sort of things to make them happy, but they don't push the right button. <laughs> <laughs> And therefore they continue to have this unsatisfactory life experience. The, the, way, the, the, the reason why they are unsatisfactory is uh, explained in the second step that is called the second truth. All these four are called four truths and they are called four truths not just four truths, four noble truths, and another uh, adjective to qualify the truth, noble truth. Why it is called noble truth? Because no one can deny that. No one can say, no, it is not true. And therefore, since it is uh, eternal, uh, permanent, unquestionable, unaffected by time and space, they are called noble truth. The second is the cause of unsatisfactoriness, that is uh, greed and ignorance. There is no one single cause for anything. They all are a combination of causes, reasons. The third is the end of that cause, the reason of, of, of for being unsatisfied. The fourth is the way to end that unsatisfactoriness. And that way is given in eight steps. And that is why I drew this circle. I drew it uh, uh, I'm going to present it in a circle because um, for these uh, eight steps, uh, no matter where you start, doesn't matter where you start, you can start from somewhere, either here or there, in a circle. Circle doesn't have a or wheel, doesn't have a beginning or end. And this is there are two such cycles. This is one cycle. This is called Dhamma cycle. There is another cycle which is called, I, I draw it in a small 
since the world is not big enough, small cycle. That doesn't mean that it's small. <laughs> that is as large as this or larger. That cycle is called a, a samsara cycle. A cycle. Samsara. Samsara means a repetition of birth and death. That also doesn't have a beginning or end. And it's just like any other cycle. We know um, circumference, diameter, area, radius, and so forth of a circle. But we don't know where the circle begins, where it ends. No one can say that. No one can find out. No mathematician, no uh, geometrist has ever found the beginning and end of a circle. Therefore, you just have to draw a line anywhere in the circle. That is the beginning and that can also be the end. <coughs> in samsara. Similarly, in Dhamma chakra, Dhamma wheel, you can start from any point, doesn't matter, and end at that point. So, this is the practice. That is, this, this practice relate to those four truths. When we practice this, we will end our unsatisfactoriness. So in uh, trying to talk about uh, Dhanasila Bhavana, uh, I want to point out where this Dhanasila Bhavana fit in these eight spokes. Uh, first one is dhyana. Can anybody uh, guess? Some of you certainly know these uh, eight spokes. Where dhyana fits in these uh, eight spokes? First is right understanding. Second is right thought. Third, right speech. Fourth right action, fifth right livelihood, sixth right effort, seventh right mindfulness, eighth right concentration. Well, you could say it's anywhere, but you could emphasize uh, right action. Right action? Let me see. I put with a number one, two, for you two. So it is easy to refer to numbers. <laughs> these, days, these days people are more interested in numbers. <laughs> uh, you said right action. Well, I mean, I can see how you can say any of them in a sense, but it would seem that it's more emphasized, more obvious than right action. All right. What does right action com uh, comprised of? What is it comprised of? Right action is uh, abstaining from killing, stealing, and sexual in, uh, sexual misconduct. That's right action. 
um, you know perhaps uh, you are indirectly right <laughs> there's something uh, more specific <laughs> right understanding also related to that and we can say <laughs> indirectly right <laughs> right mindfulness <laughs> I must say that also right <laughs> Indirectly. <laughs> what? Permeates the whole thing. Whole thing. But there is some direct relevance, something very direct. Actually, right thought. What is right thought? Right thought is thought of renunciation. Eh? Uh, thought of. Uh, uh, loving kindness and thought of compassion. Renunciation. Renunciation means giving up, non attachment. Non attachment. Nekkamma sankappa, avyapada sankappa, avihinsa sankappa. Nekkamma sankappa means giving up without any attachment. That is where dana fits in directly. As uh, that lady and you and you said and you said, uh, everything else actually indirectly related. But direct relationship is with the right thought, number two. Now let us explore this idea a little more. What is dana? Dana is a very common thing. One day somebody asked to came to the vihara. I asked him uh, on Sunday. I asked him, uh, "Don't you go to church today?" He said, "No, I don't know. I know the sermon, subject of the sermon <laughs> already." Dana. That is the subject of the sermon. Every religion, every religious tradition, every religious person talk about dana, no question about it. And therefore everybody knows what dana is. Dana means giving. Uh, perhaps the word donation comes from the same root, dana. <coughs> uh, We have to go into the uh, little uh, in-depth study of uh, what it really means, what Dan really means. Um, in, uh, the, in the Buddhist tradition there are ten perfections, ten wholesome deeds, and uh, ten uh, principles that a king has to follow and uh, what you call four uh, benevolent acts of a king and so forth. In all these lists number one is dana. 
dana is not peculiar to any particular religion. Uh, there is no such thing as uh, uh, Buddhist generosity or Christian generosity, Hindu generosity, Jewish generosity and so forth. It doesn't have any uh, religious seal, label. It comes to people naturally, even to animals. You might have seen even animals practicing that. Let alone human beings. So it, it comes to someone naturally. As the body and mind relax, one likes to share what one has. In some uh, traditions, of course, uh, it is uh, uh, enforced. It is forced upon people. You must share your earning, a certain portion of your earning you must share for very noble cause, for religious activities and so forth. In some, some traditions like Buddhism it is not forced on people because from time, from the beginning of uh, Buddhist tradition it is left entirely up to people. That is real. When the person feels like giving, let the person give, otherwise no. So therefore, <coughs> I remember a very beautiful um, incident in the Buddha's life, so many beautiful incidents. You can find such things in any tradition, uh, but since I am more familiar with the Buddhist tradition, I remember certain many, many beautiful incidents. There was uh, a millionaire called uh, Upali. <coughs> he went to see the Buddha. He was a follower of uh, another religious sect called Jainism. Jain uh, religion is as uh, old as Buddhism itself, or rather, the older than Jain, Jain Mahavira's, uh, Mahavira, older than the Buddha. So he went to have uh, an, uh, a discussion with the Buddha. His intention was to defeat the Buddha in argument. It was a very common thing those days in India. But uh, because of the Buddha's uh, personality, his uh, peaceful uh, life, perfect enlightened, perfectly enlightened state, it was almost impossible for someone to defeat him in conversation, in, in argument. So this gentleman at the end of the conversation was so convinced that uh, he wanted to follow the Buddha. <coughs> and he said, uh, Venerable Sir, from now on I please accept me as your follower. Then Buddha said, uh, Upali, a person of your status your caliber, your reputation, uh, should not jump to a conclusion like this. You go home and think. Then he was thrilled. He said, uh, uh, 
Venerable Sai, had I gone to another religious uh, teacher and asked him to accept me as his follower, he would have um, been so pleased that he would, would have taken me into the street in a procession, declaring to the whole world, telling such and such a millionaire became my follower. And you pushed me away. You asked me to go home and think. For this reason, I want to take your refuge for the second time. Then Buddha said, uh, well, if you uh, are a right-minded person, you would think carefully. Then he said, well, I will think carefully, but when I go home, I will stop all my supports to Jain monks. His former uh, monks. <clears throat> and Buddha said, uh, Upali, these monks were dependent upon you all this life, all their lives, and you are their only benefactor. If you stop your support to them, how are they going to live? That is not generosity. You must continue your support to them. Then Nupali said, Venerable Sir, this makes me happier. So I go for refuge for the third time, he said. So that is generosity. That means Buddha allowed generosity, allowed anybody to practice generosity under any circumstances wherever and whenever the person is pleased to make donations to doesn't matter who one can one should be able to make donations and that is real generosity therefore a generosity um, has various uh, uh, layers. <clears throat> In uh, final analysis, <clears throat> Dana does not mean the things that you give away, not the things you give away, but the thought, the intention. And therefore, <coughs> dana is one of the uh, wholesome kammas, noble kammas. Any wholesome kamma or unwholesome kamma starts in the mind. The thought arises. Intention arises, willingness arises, before you put it into action. Therefore, I said, right thought is, the, is in the final analysis, the very fundamental, the most basic and the true generosity, is the right thought, thought of giving, right thought of giving up, giving away. Giving away without expecting anything in return. 
not even a tank. Uh, just you, like uh, you might have read in the Christian Bible, that don't let right hand know what the left hand does. Giving away like that, without letting anybody know about giving. Uh, in Japan there is a very beautiful practice. Uh, occasionally they go on Pindapata. Pindapata means uh, going to collect food from house to house. When they go uh, uh, on collecting food, that they do once a year, on a very special day. They wear a hat with a white brim. When you wear the hat, uh, nobody can see your face. When the monk wear the, wears the hat, nobody can see the monk's face. Neither the monk can see the donor's face. So when he goes and stands in front of a house, a donor, he may be a rich person, millionaire, very famous person, he may come and put very tiny little frugal things in his begging bowl. Since the recipient or the donor does not see each other, uh, nobody feels embarrassed. The donor should not made should not be made feel embarrassed uh, if the donor gives something very little. Recipients, recipients should not feel uh, uh, disappointed for receiving something very little from a rich person. So neither the recipients nor the donor know each other's face. And that is what is called giving things without expecting anything in return. There is a very beautiful Pali word for this, nissarana. Nissarana means uh, releasing, letting go of the clinging attachment. For instance, if you give something to um, an unknown person, you don't know the person's background, uh, that person's uh, uh, moral behavior, and what this person will do, what you give to him or her, you don't know. That person may take it away and even abuse it. You don't know. That will, should not be your concern. Your concern is your own state of mind, your own intention, your own clarity, purity of your own mind. The Buddha is said to have, said to be the, the most generous human being who in uh, samsara, in this cycle of birth and death, Practiced, practiced dana as a perfection. Dana is a perfection. Dana can be perf practiced to, a, to, to, to the degree of perfection. In fact, uh, as he practiced all these things, he perfected them. And that pra practice made him perfect. And that is why he attained enlightenment. 
So in his giving, <coughs> in Sansara, he gave away anything to anybody. Sometimes uh, uh, people come and ask him uh, all kind of things, he just uh, give, gave away. At the time he gave away, he was the best in morality, in concentration, in wisdom, in achievements. He was the best. But the recipients may be much more inferior in these quality, qualities to him, much inferior. And he never thought of their qualities. He simply gave away. So, there are three uh, levels of such giving. One, giving away as a master. That means you are in a very high position in spiritual achievements, spiritual success, and give things away to someone who has not reached that state of spiritual success. Or, and you give away things that you value uh, quite well. That means, uh, suppose you give away food, you may eat something very simple and give away very something delicious, something more than you consume, better in quality than you consume. That is called giving as a master, that the master giver. <laughs> Another giver is a friendly giver. That means you share what you have the, at the equal level. The third is uh, uh, slave giver or uh, uh, inferior giver. That means you eat or you consume the best and give away the worst, <laughs> leftovers. See, Therefore, it is not uh, the, the thing that you give away, even these three incidents, three, three examples, it is not the thing that you give away that makes dana. But your state of mind, if you are in a master position, that means you have such a beautiful state of mind, you don't feel like enjoying this thing, you give it to somebody else. And that individual, you will be glad to see that you gave it away. Because it is not the giving, it, it is not the receiving that makes somebody happy, but the giving. The recipients, the, uh, uh, it is the, the giver is happier than the recipient. The recipient has an obligation. When you receive something from somebody, you still have a very uh, little uh, unexpressed obligation in your mind towards the person, feeling uh, some, you know, indebtedness. But the giver does not have that. Totally, absolutely, freely, you give away. When you give away, Expecting, we can give things away with expecting in something in return also. But the, the state of mind 
in that type of giving is uh, considered to be inferior because your desire is ma- desire uh, marsh your uh, intention so therefore um, uh, when we give things away there has to be three three conditions one the giver the second the thing you give the third is the recipient the giver has to be has to have a very pure state of mind the mind free from greed hatred or delusion it does not have any greed to receive anything in return uh, he does shouldn't have uh, any hatred he should rather have loving kindness compassion uh, towards the, the recipient and he should not have he or she should not have any delusion any confusion about giving not uh, uh, as a sort of certain neurotic behavior to just throw things away so that is the position of the giver the recipe uh, the giving the thing you give away has to be correctly earned <coughs> you cannot uh, uh rob peter to feed uh, john eh you cannot steal from somebody and feed somebody the thing you give away has to be earned rightly with the sweat of your brow you work hard you honestly earn that is where right livelihood comes in you earn things properly correctly following uh, right livelihood and that you give away that is the condition of the quali- the, the thing you give away the third is the recipient now uh, the merits of giving uh, varies according also to the the attributes and qualities of the recipient for instance if you buddha said uh, if somebody <coughs> after eating food rinse the mouth and uh, spit out thinking let little hungry insects eat this particle of food that i you know spit out after rinsing my mouth if one throws that water with that intention that also is a giving because you have intention of supporting some insects some little animals as i mentioned intention is the most important thing and that is why i say right dana comes in right thought right thought if you give things away intentionally to a a big animal bigger than in, an insect the merit you acquire is still greater if you give things uh, to a human being <coughs> who is much more developed the merit you acquire is still higher 
if you give give things away to someone who is practicing something, some noble principles, uh, observing precepts, uh, meditating, living, you know, good ethical, moral uh, life, the merits you acquire thereby is greater. If you give away things to, in the Buddha's teaching, <coughs> to someone who has attained stages of enlightenment, first stage, second stage, third stage, fourth stage, as I mentioned yesterday, the giving brings back higher results. If you give things away to the whole community of Sangha, the marriage to gain is still higher. Now giving away things to the whole community of Sangha is called Sanghika Dana. Now there are terms for this kind of dhanas. One is called, uh, I mentioned these terms yesterday, Puggala Dana. Puggala, that is individual. Then Sangha Dana. Sangha Dhana. Sangha means giving things to the whole community of Sangha. you acquire by giving things to the whole community is much, much greater. Why? Because when you give things to the whole community, you don't think in terms of individuals. If you give to an individual, you may think uh, of the individual, your relationship with the individual. You give to the individual because of such and such and such a reason that individual is uh, uh, so and so, therefore I give. But when you give things to a whole community, you don't think of any individual person. Everybody is uh, anonymous. Although you may see the community number, but you don't give to one particular individual. Therefore, uh, your intention of giving a thing to them is just to uh, liberate yourself, liberate, free your own mind from greed, from attachment to the things that you give away. And also it is said, if you give away things to a community, including the Buddha, the marriage is still greater. I quoted an example yesterday in uh, relation to something else yesterday uh, of uh, Mahaprajapati, Buddha's uh, step uh, foster mother, uh, coming and trying to offer a robe to the Buddha. And in that uh, uh, situation, Buddha advised her to give it to the whole community of Sangha. And he said, Mother, if you give to the whole community of Sangha, you may gain greater merits. Even the Buddha is an individual. So, in order to increase her degrees of merits, 
Buddha asked her to give to the whole community of Sangha, including himself. So therefore, in these three uh, categories of giving, three uh, uh, positions, the giver, the, the, the things you give away, and the recipients uh, are important. Then, uh, in the Buddha's teaching, there are two kinds of giving. One is called Amisadana, the other is called Dhammadana. Amisa A-M-I-S-A Amisa and the other is Dhamma Dhamma-dhana Amisa means uh, material gift Dhamma is the gift of knowledge wisdom In uh, Buddha said in Amisa-dhana uh, food, any material thing uh, come under Amisadana. If one uh, uh, donate a monastery, Buddha said, Sabbang dadocha sohoti yovedati upasavang. One who gives a monastery to the whole community of Sangha would give everything that the community needs. But Amatanda Docha Sohoti Yo Dhamma Manusasati, he said, one who teaches the Dhamma gives immortality. Therefore, what is more important than uh, the material dana is giving Dhamma dana. Dhammadana means giving the, the knowledge of Dhamma, which is uh, compared to immortality. Because it is the Dhamma that uh, uh, makes people uh, attain enlightenment. <coughs> then, uh, I mentioned earlier dana has uh, perfections. There are ten perfections. Number one is perfection of dana. That also has three layers, three levels. One is called generally, ordinary giving away, things, uh, material, things, uh, whatever material things one gives away, that is just uh, ordinary dana. Then 
ordinary what you call perfections. The second is uh, dana upaparami. First is dana parami, practicing of perfection of dana material things. Second is dana upaparami. Dana upaparami means uh, giving away one's physical organs, doning, donating physical organs is considered to be uh, higher in the scale of marriage than giving any material things. The third is uh, giving abhedana, then that means giving life, giving life to others is considered to be the highest Dana. That means one may sacrifice one's own life to protect, to make others live. That is called Paramatta Dana, Paramatta Parmi. Paramatta means the highest degree of perfection. Talking about this, I remember an incident. I have this is uh, the most uh, uh, striking incident that I have seen. In 1983, in, uh, when I was in Washington, there was a plane crash of uh, Florida Airline. A uh, plane crashed onto the uh, 14th Street Bridge over Potomac River. Then uh, a rescue squad came with, in helicopters and uh, started rescuing these uh, people. They were, all of them were not dead because the plane crashed not too far high, just about a few hundred feet above the, the bridge because it is in January, uh, the wings of the plane were iced and uh, they de-iced and still before they took off, uh, ice uh, was formed on wings and therefore when it was taking off, it crashed. And many people fell into the river, breaking ice in the river, some went in. So rescue operators came and they put a rope down to the river to rescue these people. So one man, when the River, uh, the rope came to him, he pushed it to a woman next to him and the rescue operators rescued her and came back and put the rope second time. Second time also he pushed it to another person, another person who was struggling to swim and they rescued that person. Third time when he came with the rope and this man was drowned. So he rescued two people at the expense of his own life. I think this is uh, a very noble, wonderful uh, sacrifice. Not, uh, I don't think he wanted to die, uh, but he wanted to live at the same time, live, make others live. Likewise, if someone sacrifices one's own life to save others, 
he is considered to be the highest dana. Um, that is called uh, uh, abhedana. Abhedana means jivadana. Jivadana. Abhedana means giving fearlessness, giving pe giving beings protection, security, security, uh, comfort, making them uh, happy uh, without uh, fear. That is the fourth kind of dana. So, the first is material dana. Second is dhamma dana. In the category of uh, perfections, first is giving material things away, second is giving physical uh, part, third is uh, sacrificing one's own life to help others. As I mentioned in uh, yesterday's uh, talks, I want to follow the same pattern even today, speaking uh, this much myself and uh, allowing you all to ask me questions then we can uh, have a discussion. Now I think uh, I have spoken enough on Diana and um, I like you to ask me questions and we, then we can have a discussion. Yeah. What does it mean when you said the second Physical, physical organs. Yeah. You know, sometimes people um, uh, are in need of kidneys. Uh, sometimes uh, eye, uh, uh, blood. Uh, these are physical parts. Uh, when somebody donates these things. I know certainly some people, uh, you know, siblings, for instance, one sibling, one brother or sister uh, has a kidney failure. So surgeons decide to remove the kidney and another sibling in the family uh, comes forward to donate one of that person's kidney. Sometimes if the other person's both kidneys were defective, uh, unoperable, so they donate one of their kidneys, like that. In uh, uh, Sri Lanka there is a very big uh, uh, campaign uh, for collecting ice, to donate ice. Uh, of course, not uh, someone uh, Life would give eyes away, but when they uh, write their will, uh, they donate their eyes. Ante? Yeah. When the when the the, the Buddha uh, spoke on dana and talked about this, they didn't have transplants, and so what was what were the, what was he talking about then? You know. Um, in this respect, even in the Buddha's time, there were a kind of um, surgical operations, and there were uh, giving blood. Uh, people, even those days, they gave blood. Uh, 
I think in reference to that, perhaps this uh, mention has been made. What about giving birth? Where does, does that, uh, just being a parent or abortion? Or uh, that doesn't come under dharma. Okay. Uh -huh. uh, abortion and so forth comes under different category. Uh -huh. Perhaps in this afternoon when I talk about sila, yes. uh, that's a very big subject. Perhaps uh -huh. uh, you can ask that question. All right. Okay. okay. Yeah. I I want to ask about uh, about right action as the starting point of dana because. Um, if, if uh, <coughs> it seems to me that Buddha very often suggested to people that they start practicing giving without waiting for the big generous feeling to come in, in a way of generating, you could say that the right thought is generated by right action in some cases. Practicing the result, the Tibetans call it. Uh, smiling <coughs> when you don't feel like smiling, uh, being generous for the sake of being generous as a decision in order to later on you begin to feel generosity. Does that resonate at all in the, in the, in the, in the new tradition? You know what you said, Darcy you mentioned? Yeah. Uh, the word right action seems to be misleading. Yeah. And therefore uh, what uh, you said may fit to that uh, misleading statement. Uh, action here, right action is the action of uh, uh, not killing, abstain from killing, abstain from stealing, abstain from sexual misconduct. By definition, right action uh, means these three things. And therefore I said Dana does not fall into that category. Dana is necessarily giving things away. Mm. And that giving things away generates right in the mind. We always read, all actions are led by the mind. Mind is their master, mind is their maker. Uh, if one acts with uh, defiled state of mind, suffering will follow as the cartwheel that follows the foot of the ox. Similarly, if uh, one acts with the pure state of mind, the results will follow just like one's own shadow that remains without behind, remains behind without departing. Therefore, the generosity generates right in the mind. It never generates in the hand, in the body. It must start with the mind. Intention. Intention. You have to intend to give. And therefore, it, doesn't, it necessarily belongs to that uh, category. Action, indirectly, as I pointed out, actually indirectly abstaining from killing, indirectly allow others to live. I will speak about that this afternoon. I don't want to uh, spend time on that. Uh, please remind me, I leave this on the board because this will, uh, we can use this in the afternoon talk also. Uh, I'm very pleased that you asked this question and we all must understand where these things fit into the right, uh, what you call, Noble Eightfold Path. Everything Buddhist, Buddhist practice must fit.
right a noble eightfold path benefits that one right thought and the rest will explain as we go on where other practices will fit this uh, cycle That if somebody does not feel uh, d- uh, feel the intention of giving, uh, does not practice dana. If somebody is forced to give and gives reluctantly because of the force, that giving is not considered to be real generous giving. It is just like paying tax. Nobody wants to pay tax. <laughs> that is where everybody wants to cheat. <laughs> that is not dana, but by law you are forced to pay. However, if somebody thinks well, the government is doing a lot of good work. They build roads. They do this, 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 this. Think of all good things any government does, and therefore. I must share whatever I earn because what the government does benefits me too. Therefore, I must share whatever I have. If someone pays even the tax with that intention, that is that comes under the category of dana. If one pays tax grudgingly, reluctantly, <laughs> with a lot of uh, you know, after many years, after you know, IRS you know, finding the person and so forth. That is not done. Yeah. I wonder where um, acts of generosity seems to be giving things away. But where how about serving when you yourself are doing an act? They would help. Would help Definitely, that is ca- that comes under that. Okay. Now I've got a bigger question. Yeah. You know, when when raising children, to, I take care of children also. Um, they'll ask for anything, but there com- there comes a point where. They have to learn to do things themselves, where an act of generosity or is actually not helping them to become full human beings. How does how does that work? On whose part, children's part or your part? On all of our parts. I mean, I feel like my realm is as a teacher, mm-hmm. so that there comes a time when you know this you, this you can do for yourself. It's I can teach you how to do this, but my expectation is that now I'll no longer be doing this for you, but you'll be figuring it out, and I know it'll be difficult. But so you are teaching them a way to do things by themselves, and that is uh, imparting your knowledge, and with that can come under Dhamma Dhana. Dhamma means uh, anything, anything that we teach, anything that. Uh, uh, Make someone, you know, do something later. Uh, that uh, depart, what you call parting our knowledge with someone, is called dhammadana. Now my other question goes to uh, I recently started. Yeah, I wanted to do something outside of the home for other people, and I took to working in this um, kitchen. It's a it's a homeless shelter. But basically, it takes inebriates, and which is. You know, originally I thought maybe I'd be able to work with old people or AIDS victims or... Now, just listening to your merit, not that I'm after merit, but I mean, it, 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 would, it would feel... And, be, and I go and I serve meals and I clean up, you know, that, that type of thing. 
that had I gone to a sangha and did that, that that would be more meritorious. And it doesn't seem to make sense to me why these people, I mean, these people need help, they need somebody to... You know, sangha, as I mentioned yesterday, any community is called sangha. Whether they are, and I gave uh, various categories of sangha. Lay sangha, ordained sangha, upasak sangha, upasaka sangha, and so forth. Therefore, uh, these people, as a community, is a sangha. Uh, definitely what you do to make them happy, feed them, is a wonderful thing, a very good dana. Uh, whether you give your own things or somebody else's things, you spend a lot of your energy, your time, uh, your skill to give it. I also want to mention a little bit about uh, marriage, since you, um, you know, mentioned it, this. Uh, marriage, the Pali word for marriage is uh, kusala. Kusala. Kusala means, uh, punya also sometimes it is, is used. Kusala means uh, skill. It is the skill that makes our, makes life uh, uh, happy or unhappy, promotes us or demotes us, the skill. The skill is something you can exchange. In the economic field, you can exchange your skills with somebody. So if the if, uh, skill is exchangeable, uh, we can say you, mar you exchange your merits. But, the but uh, the, uh, there is another layer, another aspect of skill, that is the spiritual skill. The spiritual skill is so skill, has to be so skillful, so powerful, that it will bring us real happiness by eliminating our greed, hatred and delusion. Therefore, that skill is the highest skill. Only by eliminating these three, uh, what we call psychic irritants, can one be happy. And therefore, to make life happy, really happy, one has to have a real skill. And no other skill is so greater than the skill of making oneself happy.